0: Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. How about now? Yeah! Yes, I'm free. (laughs) Um, So yes, so we're excited about life groups that are coming up uh, starting next week. Amen? Is anyone excited about that? That means none of y'all signed up yet. But we have tables in the back. We have three life groups happening. We have some awesome leaders um, that's very excited to lead these groups. We have a vision for each, each life group. And, and also, you know, we like to celebrate here in church, but we like to celebrate with food. It's a priority. Right. So we can't do anything big without food. So next week, next week, um, after service, we're going to we're going to break bread together. It's called the Feast of the Nations. So, if, yeah, so we want to celebrate different cultures in the, in the church. So if you make a special dish, you know, b- bring that. Let me test it first, right? It's mandatory that I test your dish first. Uh, but then be able, be ready to explain why your, your culture actually make this, this type, of, type of dish. Uh, so our life group leaders will lead this e- event. They worked hard putting this together. Um, so please come out, invite someone. Can you invite someone to church? And tell them about this awesome life groups that's, that's happening um, because we want to do, do life outside of church. Amen. We, Sunday is not enough. Is, any, is anybody with me? Sundays are not enough. If, if, if we're just going to um, worship together on Sundays, <coughs> it's just regular church. <laughs> right. Life life happens right outside of the seats, the pews. Right. So we put these life groups together so people get to know you. You can connect with people. They can help you connect to God and to others. Um, So it's going to be exciting. I cannot wait until see the results of this. Like I have faith. I see. I see. I have the vision that this life groups is going to explode the church. The church is going to explode because of these life groups. And maybe a couple of people believe that. But that's all. Listen. I know the life group leaders believe that. Amen? Hallelujah. So if you are interested in becoming a, a life group, a leader, make sure you tell us. So that way next semester we can, we can plug you in. We send you to a, to a training. We actually, we actually want to, uh, we're looking for a, a leader to lead our life groups virtually. All right? So if you're interested in that, just just let us know. So that way we can, we can plug you in and get you ready for the next semester. Hallelujah. Amen. That is exciting news. Amen. We don't want people to get lost in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you stand with me one more time? Come on, let's, let's, let's do this together today. Um, God's, um, God said he's here. We just have to catch up. So I don't, I don't know why you came to church today. Uh, if you're just doing it just to kind of mark your calendar, uh, uh, you're going to leave here the same way you came. But if those are here, with, come here with expectations that God's going to move in their life, God's going to do something special, but well, that's what you're going to receive when, yeah. uh, right when you're here. Amen. You're going to leave here different. I don't know about you, but I, I, I came here for to hear the, the Lord. I came here for, to receive something from, from God. How many came to receive today? Come on. Let's let's do it. So uh, I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 14, Matthew 14. Um, Start in verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away you give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, and he blessed and broke it and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave the mul- gave it to the multitudes. So So they all ate and were filled. So they all ate and they were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So I'm really excited. We're starting a new series called Follow Me, it's the art of following God. We need to get back to the art of following God. Are you with me this morning? So, Father, have your way in this place, Lord. We thank you, God, for all of that you're doing here. We, we come, we're expecting you to move today, Lord God. You know exactly what we need today, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for using me to, um, as, as your minister today, Lord God, as a vessel. Lord, speak, speak through me, Lord God. Speak through my mind. Speak through my vocal cords, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. Let your word become flesh today, Lord God. I'm in awe of your presence here today, Lord God. I know, Lord God, you will accomplish your will today. You will accomplish what you set forth today. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout in this place. Yes, you may remain standing in the house of the Lord. No takers. You know. In our society, our society is more connected than ever. Um, You have uh, uh, so many um, online or social media platforms. Where we can connect to different people. I mean, we were in Mexico. There are people in Mexico uh, uh, connecting to folks in the United States and, and and other countries. I mean, we can we can connect to just about anyone. We we can we can even follow the uh, our, our favorite athletes or or our favorite movie stars, right? And um, uh, and sometimes if you if you comment on whatever they post, sometimes they will respond back to you. So you feel as if you know them. So we are more connected than, every, than anything, than, than, than ever. But I have a question. I want to pose a question. If we're more connected than ever, then why are we so lonely? This is a lonely epidemic that we're living in today. Right? So we're so connected. Uh, if we're so connected, why are we so lonely at the same time? because it's a false sense of connection. Right. So the people that you are connected to, you don't really know them personally. You only know them by the, their snapshots, right? So although they may connect, they may respond to, to some of the comments that you make, but you don't really know them. You don't spend that time um, with, uh, with people. See, we could connect to people from our homes, right? Um, but we're but we're still disconnected or we're still we're still lonely. I, I believe some people treat God like their social media followers. Like you friended God. Right. You friended and then you see what God's doing in other people's life. But you, you know of him, but you don't really know him. You only know him by social media. You only know him when you post scriptures uh, on your page or when somebody else uh, uh, posts scriptures and you like the scriptures that they post. See, some of us, some of us, right, uh, treat God like they're social media followers. But the relationship with God is the best relationship you can ever have. You can ever have. It's the best because a relationship with God, you'll never be uh, left empty. It's the best relationship we can ever have. Amen. And So the the most challenging thing for a spiritual leader is keeping people connected to God. See, when you're connected to God, you can never be lonely. I I dare someone to to tell God, God, I'm bored. (laughs) He'll probably send you to a foreign land where you're not able to connect to no one on a mission trip. Right. You, so serving God, you can never be bored. I mean, God's always up to something. Right. And whatever he calls us to do, it's something be beyond our thinking a lot of the times. Right. Because we have to rely on on him. Right. So you can never be bored. You never can be lonely serving God. But we have to really connect with him. We have to really connect with him. See, we must get back to the art of following God. We must get back to the art of following God. In Mark 1, uh, verse 16 through 18, it says, As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. They left their nets and followed him. See, so the disciples decided to break up with their past sense of self in order to follow God for a better future. See, dropping your net is the process of a new life. It's the process of a new life. You must must drop your net and follow follow God. See, God can't do anything new in your life if you want to if you still hold it on to your net. I say this better. You can't pick up your cross with your net in your hand. I don't know if anyone got that. You can't can't pick up your cross with your net in 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 your hand. Amen. So so God is challenging us to drop our nets. And follow him. See, we used to live life a certain way. God wants to do something new with us. So following God, right, will give will, will give you revelation on how to live life a different way. See, your revelation would de- determine your elevation. So if you want to grow spiritually, we must follow God. But if you're so used to doing things a certain way, it will be hard for you to drop your net and follow God. See, we don't sometimes we're in, we don't use we don't like doing something new. So this becomes our safety net. It becomes our safety net, especially especially when we have disappointments in our, in our lives, right? So I've I've learned this. God's always challenging me to drop something and to leave something behind. So it's not a one-time thing. This is actually a daily thing that we must drop our net and follow God see because we pick up some bad things along the way we catch some bad things along the way and that can can, can stop us from moving forward right and so we we, we start carrying baggage w- with us on our shoulders right we start carrying the, the baggage of life so I've noticed when, when some people when they get divorced but they get divorced but they don't they're not set free from that relationship. They're not set free from that relationship. They carry the relationship with them. The, the pain that go, that came along with it, they're, they're physically divorced, but they're spiritually in bondage. Because they're not, they're not set free. But God, God is saying to you, so he's saying, drop that relationship and follow me. I, I will show you how to be a better husband, a better wife. Is anyone going with me this morning? Says, follow me. I notice when when, when people, um, you know, uh, recover from drug addiction, right? So they 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 haven't used in years, but they're not set free. Right? Because they still carry around the same uh, behaviors, the same addiction, because they won't they they didn't, they didn't drop the, uh, the the sense of addiction. Amen. So God is saying, drop your net and follow me. That is the art of following God. So we must drop things in our life. We must leave some things behind. Amen. God cannot do anything new if you, if you're, if you refuse to drop the old thing. Is anyone going with me this morning? Are we in this together? Amen. So let me tell you the benefits well, let me tell you, one of the benefits of, of following God, one of the benefits of, of following God, it's called divine acceleration. That's like a churchy word, right? Divine. <laughs> divine acceleration. So it means God will intercede and make up for lost time. Mm. God will intercede and make up for lost time. Divine Acceleration. So I like to watch the Olympics. I like to watch the track and field of races uh, because you notice you can always tell. Well, for me, I can always tell who is the most disciplined uh, runner is it's you know, it's it's the ones that really follow the plan. So usually the the best runners start from behind. So it it will appear to everyone else they are they are losing. But they, all they're doing is just keeping pace. They are waiting. They are waiting. So they're just keeping pace. So everyone's celebrating the people that are up front. I mean, they're doing it, boy. They're running. They're they giving it their all. But the disciplined runners are just, just waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting for their time. Just waiting for their moment. Now, all of a sudden, when they get around that final lap, they start to accelerate and they start to catch up. <laughs> they start to catch up and they start, and they, and they wind up winning the race. For some people, God wants me to tell you that sometimes you may feel like you are losing. You may feel like you are behind, but he is saying that you are about to catch up. Yes. You're about to catch up. You're about to accelerate. He's about to accelerate the, your process. Amen. Yes. See, see, God is saying we need to, you need to just wait because waiting builds strength. Waiting builds strength. And you know what the Bible says about waiting, right? What does the Bible says about waiting? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, right? And then you get some wings and you soar like eagles, right? Then you will run and not get weary, Right? Come on, it builds strength. Somebody got to say, I'm getting a little stronger. I'm getting a little, it may look like I'm behind. It may look like I'm losing, but I'm about to catch up. I'm getting a little stronger. I'm about to win. I'm getting a little stronger. Is anyone going with me here this morning? See, our God, you have to know this about God. Our God wastes nothing. God can use everything. Everything and waste nothing in our lives. The Bible says in Romans of eight twenty-eight, and He know all, and you know all things work together for the good for those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. So what God does right here, take uh, 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 things in your life, sadness, your tears, He would take your pain. He would take things that were unplanned in your life. He would take things that seemed small, insignificant. He'll weave it together and he'll add value to it. Come on, that's a hallelujah moment. You missed that moment right there. You totally missed that moment. He'll take everything that's going on in your life. As you're waiting, He's what he's doing, he's weaving everything together. Right. And it's going to make sense. He's going to add value to what you're going through right now. You may not feel it right now. You may not feel it, but he's going to add value to it. Hallelujah. If you're not excited about it, I'll be excited for you. Maybe you'll catch up later. He wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. He's going to put all the pieces together of your life together like a puzzle like a puzzle. He's, he's doing something in your life. So for those who feel like they're you're, you're, you're losing or you're behind, you have some disappointments, you felt like you should be so far ahead than where you are right now, God said you're about to accelerate. You're about to accelerate. It's, 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 it's powerful when we follow God. He accelerated the process. When he came to the disciples, he told them to drop their nets and, and follow him. He accelerated the process. They no longer lived a regular life. They no longer live a regular life, but we must follow him, but we can't follow him with our nets in our hands. Hallelujah. So here in our text. It's it's a it's a divine acceleration moment. Right. So Jesus demonstrated the supernatural in the midst of a natural problem. That's what happens when the Lord shows up in your life. He does a supernatural to something that's natural. That's his divine acceleration right there. And so I want us to learn. I want us to learn from the boy in this text. And I want us to learn from the crowd of people. Now, I know the boy is not mentioned in this particular text. He's mentioned in, in John. But we know, we all know that the boy had the two fish and five loaves, right? So, because so, uh, a lot of times when we read this text, we, we, we always talk about, the disciples or we talk about Jesus or we talk about the crowd, but we never really mention the boy. We can learn so much from this boy. I mean, he had no name. So you know what that means? That could be any of us. Out of the, I bet you no one really noticed them. Out of the thousands of people, I bet you no one really noticed him. He was, he was, he was irrelevant. He was irrelevant. I bet you no one even no, noticed that he was there. All along, he had the means to the miracle. He had the means to the miracle. Jesus took what he had and added value to it and accelerated the process and fed thousands of people. Hallelujah, you You, you missed another moment. That's okay. You missed it, you missed it. I was like, that was a good shouting moment. Hallelujah! I'm gonna get y'all going one day. So it's two things I want us to learn from this boy. I'm telling you, we can learn so much from him. It's two things I want us to learn from him. Okay, the first thing, give God something to work with. Just give God something to work with. So when, when, when the boy gave Jesus the two fish and five loaves, nothing became a lot. Nothing became enough. Right, so, so God wants me to tell someone today, you are enough. You are enough. You're enough. God wants you. First and foremost, God wants you. God just, let's not make it complicated. Just spend time with him. Like he just wants you. And see what happens when you spend time with God, he'll add value to your time spent with him. Like you'll learn something. You'll get wisdom. You'll get revelation. Right, you you get an assignment, amen. You get so much just spending time with God. You'll never walk away the same spending time with the Lord. He's just drop. He's just start dropping seeds in your spirit, seeds. So you think that you 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 you're the same, but you're not. But he just drops some seeds in you. That he will water. That he will water. Right. So here's a boy, he handed uh, Jesus the two fish and five loaves because he knew that he was going to do something with it. Give God something to work with. Some of you are, are sitting on your gifts, and, and it's a means for a miracle. It's a means for a miracle. God will use your gift. He will add value to it, and so many people will be blessed. Amen. So, God understands you may have been hurt before. You may have been hurt in your last church, but He's saying that I, it's, it's about your gift. It's, it's, it's about what I'm going to do with your gift. It's not about you. It's not, it's not about you. See, we, we take things too personally. That like God gave you the gift so He can use it to bless others, it's not yours. Amen? So we need to get over ourselves. Can, can we do that? Can we get over ourselves? So Turn to someone and say, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Somebody needs to, to give you the hard stuff here, right? This is church. Yeah. This is church. It's supposed to be difficult. Some of you are sitting on the means to a miracle. Hallelujah. And, so, and so, That's what I understand when people don't give to God. Like, I don't understand that, but he is the best giver of them all. So people struggle, struggle with giving, like he can't do anything with your giving. He gave us his best. He gave us his son. He gave us life, like for real, for real life. Like life after here. And good life here. Right. Second Corinthians nine ten says, now he may now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for the food supply and multiply the seed. And you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, the emphasis here is that God is both the source of what is planted and the source of what is harvested. So we, so I don't understand why we struggle with giving, because what you're actually giving, God gave to you. So he's just asking you to sow it, and he is the one that will harvest it. Right? So, so that's why God says he loves a cheerful giver. Because we are cheerful when we know that he is the source of what we had, and he is the source of what is harvest. Right, so I give to God because I want to be a part of what He is doing. Right, I don't ever want to struggle get with giving to Him. I give to God because I want to be a part of what He's doing. God, if You are blessing this church, I want to give to this church. Right, it ain't mine anyway, so let me just sow it, and You will produce the harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. I think some of you catching up a little bit. So that's, so that's the first thing we have to learn. But we can learn from the boy. Give God something to work with. Like you are enough. You, you are enough. He just wants you. He just wants you. The second thing we can learn from the boy is the art of surrender. The art of surrender is letting go fear, doubt, worry, Offenses, sur- surrounding the belief we can have the things God has promised. God has promised. Giving it to God means releasing it and letting him take complete control of it. Sorry, we don't really like this conversation here, right? is because this is, it's, it's really difficult. So I've noticed some Christians, see, I noticed some Christians, Pastor Bob, are saved but not surrendered. Like you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have not surrendered to him. So surrendering to to God is not holding back. It's letting him take complete control of your life, right? So that sounds cute, but I'm talking about like those difficult situations as well, like you like to hold on to, especially when people hurt you. Like those things need to go to God. It's the art of surrender. That means I give God everything, everything. It belongs to him and everything so it will not get in the way of my relationship with God. See, I believe we have a hard time letting things go. We have a hard time letting things go. And it's and especially you ever you ever notice when someone is easily offended? It's it's because they have a hard time letting Things go in their lives. And so what, what so what it does is things get piled up, and then they then they create a safety net. And so they will they only live life inside the net. So that's everything that happens to them. They live life inside the net. So anything beyond on the net, they, they don't want to do it because it's not safe. It's not safe. Amen. So this is why God tells us to drop our nets and follow him, because otherwise we will live inside of our net. So if you notice that someone that's easily offended, it's because they're because they've been offended in the past and they have not released it. So that's why it's like walking on eggshells. Do you know some of those people? It's like it's like you have to really you have to really think about what you have to say to that person. That's, that's the person I'm talking about. Like, you don't want to say it. That's the person. The person, like, you, like you, you see them, you're like. Right? And you really, you kind of you got to write some things down before you say it to make sure you say it the right, right way. They're easily offended all the time. It's because they created a safety net of offenses. And they have not released them. So this is how, this is how it will work. This is how it would work. Right. So here's a person that's easily offended. So now if they're working at a job and, and their boss is giving them constructive criticism, they receive it as a personal attack. Now, here goes the offense, another offense. Right. And so if you notice when you in a relationship and you are you're married, and you, you have an argument, it becomes to the it goes to the extreme as if it's the end of the world because you, you have one disagreement and it's just this blow-up and, and everything is at the at the end Are you ready for the relationship to be over because you are offended. You are offended. You know, waiting on God becomes a struggle. You, you feel like it's a punishment like God's forgotten about you, so you feel abandoned waiting on God because you are offended. And you in the church and, and the church wants to make a change and in, 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 in something that you don't necessarily agree with because you've been hurt by your last church, so you think this church is repeating the church is just against you. the church just don't like you, and you are offended you. Are offended, so this is why. So every day you catch an offense. Every day you catch an offense, right? Because you live life inside the net. But we have to learn from the boy. We have to learn from the boy. So here's the boy. He saw Jesus. He had two fish and five loaves. So what he did, he released what he had in his hand. And that is the process of surrendering. Your surrender is a means for a miracle. When you surrender things to God, amen, he can do something new in your life. When you are surrendered to God, he can do something new. You make room for him. It's a means for a miracle. It's a means for a breakthrough. It's a means for something new in your life. Right. So we cannot hold on to the old things and expect God to do something new. See, we expect God to bless our mess instead of giving him our mess. (laughs) That's the art of surrender. Amen. See, God knows that we're just messy people. We're just messy people because we live in a messy world. Everything's messy. Turn to somebody and say, you're just a mess. You are just a mess. No, like, tell them again because I don't think they heard. You are just a, just a mess. You have to say it like that. You're just a mess. You're just a mess. Yeah, you're just a mess. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We're all the same, right? You know, it's not, you're not picking on them. We're all the same. The per- when they said it to you, say it to them. You're just, you're just a mess. You're just a mess. Just messy people. We're messy, We're messy, right? God knows. But see, see, but we want God to bless our mess. But He's saying, "Give me your mess," because He likes to clean stuff up. He's, he likes to clean stuff up. Amen. Come on, who's with me this morning? So it's the art of surrender we need to learn from the boy it's like our surrender provides a means for a miracle. So we need to learn from the crowd. We need to also learn from the crowd. So the crowd had the message behind the miracle. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So so there were men, women and children f- following Jesus. So Jesus if you, if you read the whole thing Jesus Jesus was tired. Um, so he was going up to the mountain to rest. he was tired, he was hungry but these folks kept following him. He, these folks kept following him. so so he, he, start, he noticed something in, in them. So you have to understand the message is more important than a miracle. So these the crowd had the message behind the miracle so jesus noticed as they were following he noticed something about them he noticed something about them so that's why he told the disciples go get food for them or whatever but he he knew that they were physically hungry but more importantly they were spiritually starving the bible says in matthew 5:6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus showed compassion because they were hungry. That was the message behind the miracle. If we hunger for him, him, we will be filled. Are you getting me? Because so Jesus knew that he had to fill them up, not just physically, but spiritually. Because if it was just physically after the miracle, right, they would still be hungry. They would still be hungry. But when you are spiritually fed, fed, you, you will be filled. Right? See, the miracle won't last. The message will last forever. So the message is more important than the miracle. Because when God is doing something, he is saying something. Is he doing something? He is saying something. He's saying something behind what he is doing. Amen. So he's saying he's he's just not gonna perform a miracle in your in your life without telling you what, what the problem was. <laughs> right? So he's saying something, so something that he says will last forever. You will you will grow. You would have that revelation, right? And then you will grow from there. Right? See, because his message, his word would not remain. We're not returned void. See, spiritual hunger is a strong desire for God's presence and power. When you are truly hungry, all you can think about is satisfying that hunger. We need to get back to being hunger after God. We need to hunger after God. It's the way we follow God. We hunger after him. We're chasing after his presence. Amen. So when God told Moses that an angel will go before him into the promised land, um, Moses told God, well, I, I'm, I'm not going unless you're there. Uh, unless you're there. When you are, when, when you are hungry for God, the, his presence become more important than the blessings from God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know y'all don't like that because we like blessings all the time. But his presence is a blessing. Amen. So we need, to learn from the, we need to learn from the crowd. The crowd was hungry. Can we be a church that hungers after God? Hunger after God. Chase after him. Because he will satisfy our hunger. See, divine acceleration is the benefit of following God. That's what David experienced. And I'm going to close with this. This is what David experienced. And so Samuel, um, God told Samuel to go to Jesse to um, find him a king. Um, so go, um, he has, He has a son, Jesse had a son that he was going to make king. So he. Um, God knew that David was a man after his own heart. And um, so... So Samuel got to Jesse, pulled out all of his sons, and his, and his first son stepped out. And God told Samuel, no, that's, that's not the one. See, so, um, because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. His first son would look, look like a king. He was handsome. He was tall. He said, yeah, you, you, kinda, you, you should be king. You look, you look like one. Amen. And so uh, God said, no, that's, 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 that's not the one. See, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the the heart. See Samuel was looking for a king, God was looking for a heart. So he said that wasn't that wasn't the one. And so Samuel went through all of his sons. It's like, "Yo, dude." He said that. It's in a it's in a different version of the Bible. He said, "Yo," He said, "Yo, dude. Uh don't you have, This is it? This is all you have? Do you have a, another son?" He was like, "Oh yeah, man. Um my son David, he's out uh herding sheep and And all that, he's like, this is the most powerful part. He says, sin for him. It's nothing more powerful when God sins for you. That's the divine acceleration. So God took him out of the norm. He took it out of what he was doing, right, and accelerated his process of being king. It's nothing more powerful than when God sins for you. I believe that God's uh, sin sent for some people here. I, believe, I truly believe that because you have the means for the miracle. You have the means for the miracle and you have the message behind the miracle. So God sent for you. You are here for a purpose. You are here for a greater purpose than what you once was doing. It's nothing more powerful than what God sends for you. So I know who needs to come in your church. You watch. I'm going to bring them here. Those are the individuals I sent for them because they have the means to the miracle. They have the message behind the miracle. Isn't that powerful? See, I want to share with someone here today that God has not forgotten about you. As a matter of fact, I say this all the time. God has not forgotten how to be God. Like he didn't forget. I know we are living in some troubling times, but this doesn't surprise God. So the plans that he has for you, has for you, it still exists. Like God is still God. Right? So God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So that means he was a healer yesterday. He is a healer today, and he will be one in the future. That means he was a deliverer yesterday. He, he's a deliverer today, and he will be a deliverer tomorrow. So that means... He had a plan for you yesterday. He has a plan for you today, and he has a plan for you in the future. He has not forgotten how to be God. He's saying, I've sent for you. All we need to do is spend that time with him. We need to follow him. He has great plans for us. He's saying what you have is the means for a miracle and you have I'm sending you to different places because you have the message behind the miracle the divine acceleration I believe we are in a season of acceleration in this church I believe that what took 10 years will only take 2 years what took five years will only take one year. The, the divine acceleration. The, I mean, don't be surprised when you see a group of people coming into church and saying, This is the place where God sent me. Get ready, Calvary. Get ready for the miracle. Get ready for the miracle. The divine acceleration. Divine acceleration. It's the benefit of following God. Your life will never be the same if you drop your net. Drop. Don't try to figure out how life should go. Don't try to figure out what's next. He's saying drop the net. When he told the disciples to drop, drop their nets and follow him, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what was going to be next. He said, just follow me. Follow me. That's just not Bible talk. That's real life. That's how we should live our life. Every day, ask God, what should I drop? What should I leave behind? What am I dragging with me you don't want me to bring to the next level? What is it? Who are they? What do I need to drop? What do I need to leave behind? He said, just give, just drop it, just drop it. And follow me, the art of following God. He'll give you wisdom, you have breakthrough, you have revelation, you have what you need. Just follow Him. He'll do the supernatural in the midst of a natural problem. See, God don't just don't, he don't do stuff regular. Like, he don't do stuff regular. That's why we don't want regular church. Because God's not a regular God. He does supernatural things in the midst of natural people, natural problems. Stand with me. The art of following God. I want this to be a church, a church who follows him. And we share stories with one another. Like what God's doing in our lives. Follow God. Follow God. Like follow what he is doing. Drop your agenda. Follow what he is doing. God's doing something special in this church. Follow. Follow him. Follow him. He's doing something special. Doing something special. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much, and have a great week.